Hey, this is Ken Jensen. I beat bipolar disorder in an all-natural fashion back in the mid-2000s. And believe it or not, that's not even the coolest part of my story. What I learned through that process and what came next and how that applied to bipolar and why bipolar was ever even part of the process was mind-blowing to say the least. Bipolar has hidden within its strengths. I'm going to show you what I mean and how they've shown up in my life so you can do the same. Welcome to Bipolar Excellence, Episode 74. Clouds have silver linings, sledgehammers have silver coatings. A lot of things happened to me since we've last talked. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get directly to uh, the cliffhanger I left. I, I mentioned on the last episode that is the reason for the sledgehammer reference in this episode's title. Uh, um, and, and an entity in the bipolar world reached out to me, or I should say their marketing company reach out, reached out to me. And really, the only reason that I can ascertain is uh, bipolar is in the name of my website. This haunts me. <laughs> I never know how I'm going to play this moving forward, leaving that like that. But for now, I'm leaving, I'm leaving it as is because... <clears throat> to undo the name Bipolar Excellence and call it call my site something else and my website something else, I mean my podcast, is so much damn work and I fear I might lose more ground than not. So honestly, I shoehorn its, its, its presence in reality into my marketing. I make it make sense. And it does. It's not a, it's not a ploy or anything. It's really just, I, I don't know what will happen if I undo it. And I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to change anything else about what I'm doing. There is only growth and moving forward. And I think it's fine. And underneath all that I do, I want bipolar people to know there's at least a chance. I'm willing to say that much. There's a chance things can be better for you. I am the proof. That, that is a part of why I do all I do. I do everything I do primarily to build the lifestyle I want, sharing the information that I'm fond of, to find the people I'm fond of sharing it with, to then bolster the lifestyle I have. <laughs> I would never say that again that way ever again in my life with two to four guns to my head. That was perfect. So this person reaches out to me and they're a bipolar uh, personality. That That's their whole raison d'etre. That's fine, right? So as as I'm growing my presence online, this person is way more established than me, higher up on the food chain and in, in, in marketing, in the marketing sense. Been doing bipolar only material looks like for, for I don't know, decades, I guess. I, I don't know. But here's what went sideways with this. The first thing, the biggest thing that went sideways was I put too much emphasis on feeling like I needed this person in my life. I needed to piggyback off their marketing success, you know, to to scale up mine. Nothing wrong with that. I wasn't even incorrect. But leading with that intention in my mind as the number one reason, I think, clouded my mind on what came next or it very well, it, it, at the very least, it flummoxed me. I got blindsided by this person. Nothing evil. Let me just say that. I'll never mention her name or anything. 
That's not why I'm making this episode. This is more about decision making as you grow your company or your project so that you save your own sanity and don't waste time. So I felt like I needed to be connected to this person. Once I interviewed her, then I would make noise about it. She would make noise about it on her site. Her marketing team would mention me somewhere. Now, the first thing I overlooked, and I apologize, I was going to make a list of all these things so that I remembered absolutely everything because there were so many trainable moments, but I just, I don't seem to uh, function that way. I'm going to wing it and I'll get damn near everything anyway. I just wish, I just wish for my own sense of uh, stresslessness. I'd have listed it like I planned on. Anyway, the very first thing beyond getting all excited that uh, a marketing company, that was the first time that ever happened to me in this process, was reaching out to me on behalf of a client. Never happened before. Very exciting for me. Milestone. Within it, one of the things they mentioned was uh, a three-item list of important people I had interviewed on my show. Now, I've barely done any interviews on my show, and that's going to fit into this talk as well, big time. One of the interviews they mentioned, two, they, entered, they, they mentioned three, two happened. The third was an assumption on their part, and I believe they did it to sell their client on me. This is something that nauseates me with other marketers, outside marketing agencies. They try to force fit something into reality to get everybody excited, and it's so fucking blatantly obvious and hollow and just skeezy, really. And if it ain't that, then it's ineptitude, which I think is even worse because they're not clear on what they're doing. They mentioned that the third person I interviewed was Doug Stanhope. I didn't interview Doug Stanhope. There's a picture of me on my website where I'm hanging out with him for the picture taking part after his comedy show, me and him and my brother. The episode, I can't remember what it was called, something about my dark muse, uh, Doug Stanhope. It's only a handful of episodes back. It was about how his sense of humor and his way of looking at the world influences mine, or that, or how I'm drawn to people like him and their style of information sharing to to enhance my style. It works for me a lot. I, li I like what he's about. I wouldn't want to be him, but um, he's a fucking mess. But he's a comedian and he's he's a genius. I call him a mad genius. All that aside, I love him, but I never interviewed him. They said that I did. Now, immediately I'm like, all right, now I'm up to some shady shit on my end because I have no intention of correcting anybody on this. Because <laughs> ultimately I figured it makes me look it look, makes me look better and I don't have to fix anything. Let them assume it'll, it'll make me look more valuable. Talk about fucking transparency and honesty moments. So, Jesus Christ, fucking technology. I can't win. That's part of tonight's talk, too. Hang on while I fucking power up my phone. Okay, hopefully that saves the day. I have been in a goddamn free fucking free-falling battle with technology over the last three or four episodes. And everything in between, it is pissing me the fuck off. I'm still moving forward. I'm fine. This will be one of the moments you get to hear me rant in, uh, in the truest sense. It's... it's it's so fucking frustrating fucking around with trans with oh, fuck me. <laughs> like I need one more thing on my plate. Ultimately, I solve everything. I solved this. I just solved the thing you heard me ranting about. It plugged in the power cord. I should have thought of doing that in the first place. So anyway, Doug Stanhope. <laughs> I didn't interview shit. I didn't interview Doug Stanhope, but they thought I did, and I let it ride. There's my first sin. So. Then, 
This lady makes an appointment through my automated system, and it it would have landed on a holiday. Fine, I had time open for that day, and as the as the time approached, I, I was getting a feeling like I'm I'm not hearing anything. I'm not getting like a pre email like anything you want out of me or need to know beforehand. I had some questions I sent to her marketing people. Uh, it'd be nice if I knew what this was. I said it nice, you know, but, you know, it'd be nice if I had this or this to work with. I, I don't have that. Could could you please provide it so that I can do a good interview? Never heard back from them. Didn't hear it from her. The time, of course, comes and goes. And I've been on interviews before and I've done a few. I'm like, okay, I have been forgotten about. There was a glitch, something, who knows? Maybe I fucked something up. Can't even remember. I don't know. So it comes and goes. I emailed the company, you know, whatever. I had plenty to do. I kept working on other things. And then I emailed the company. I was like, where's your person? This is fine. Things happen. Maybe I made a mistake. That's great. We, we, uh, cause shit does happen. And, and I was willing to just reschedule. No big deal. So the person uh, then did reschedule. The media company says to me, they, they reached out to her and she had no idea she had scheduled. I don't know what happened. My system said she was she was scheduled. So I said, no biggie, things happen. Let's just let's just go ahead with the, the schedule now. So she schedules, but still, she doesn't reach out to me to get any like, you know, heads up. Nothing. And her company doesn't provide anything either. The day before the show, I'm emailing them for basically the same things that I requested the last time. And they didn't provide them. Now, another bit of transparency. I dug deeper into the initial email that started this all and found what I needed in that email. And that doesn't explain why they didn't answer me. When they finally did answer me, it was like a day or two after the interview had already happened with apologies. Hope you found what you needed. I'm like, gee, fuck me. Seriously? That's your response? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I could have handled the aspects of that better. I could have been, high, you know, more up on my game. They did provide me with what I needed. I overlooked it and all the back and forth and all the other shit going on in my life, which has been a lot lately. So whatever, I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat the bulk of of that one, even though I was not happy with the lack of replies coming from their side on two fronts. So the day of the interview shows up. Now more transparency. There is a system I've used. I hesitate to use the name. I, I've I've mentioned it on this show before. It seems great. I love all the people that are involved in it and how they portray themselves on their YouTube training videos and within their newsletter videos that show up. But this thing has failed me in the past. So I, I uh, quite some time, many, many months had gone by since I used them last. And I liked what they were all about because I could have just used Zoom to record a video conference of the of the podcast, the interview. I could have just used Zoom. When this lady shows up, one of the things that went wrong was this technology is not working. There's a split screen. She can see me on her end. I cannot see her on mine. I know that this is going to lead to some larger problem. It's I know it's bigger than just what just just what I said that there was going to be a, a you know something's not going to record right down the road in conjunction with this issue so i don't know if it was in conjunction with that issue or not but it didn't record exactly right the problem that led me to quit using this service somewhere about a year ago happened again now more transparency 
I meant to test this system with a friend calling in on their phone weeks before this ever happened, and I, I just couldn't get my act together in time to do it. My fault. Totally my fault. And here I am looking like an idiot on in the middle of an interview with this person. It already doesn't work right. She's trying on her end to help. I'm fiddling with things on my end. It's pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. Can't get it to work. She's frustrated, I can tell. So technology failed me again, and I did not test right. So the lesson there is test, test, test. I've been told that more times than I can count over all my years of learning about being a coach and an internet marketer and a small business online builder. Normally, with what I'm doing, I'm fully aware of everything. I don't have to test, but every now and then I need to, and this one critical time I needed to, I did not. Learn from my mistakes. Now, I researched this lady extensively. She had a TED Talk. I watched the whole thing. In it, I wasn't happy with some of the things I was hearing. They go against what I believe about bipolar and how, how you can fight it and why and what the outcome might be. But I'm like, okay, I've been here before with people and it, it already, but I wasn't mad about anything. It was just a red flag. Now, in relation to that, I am very tired of talking about bipolar directly. It's, it's, it, it, doubt, it now ties into why I'm, I'm unsure about continuing under the domain name of bipolar excellence. I keep, I keep drawing directly bipolar people to me. Not so much now. Other people are coming my way as well, other, other professional entities. So, so far, that still works. But here I am again. I ended up having to defend my position on bipolar on my show. You don't hear that in the show. It happened. Well, you're not going to hear it, period. I'm not sharing it. And I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Before the show, it was clear. This lady started coming at me hard looking for data about, you know, things that were reasonable questions. She wanted to know. She viewed herself as a certain status level, certain level of success. Her time is valuable. Why should I be on your show? Is it going to be worth my time? How many people are going to hear this? How many downloads you have? All of these things. She gets right into that. These are things her marketing company should have known and told her about or asked me about long before she ever did. I was not prepared for that. She came at me hard. I defended as best I could, told her the truth. And, but I, and I realized it wasn't what she wanted to hear. She's viewing me as small time. My sense of self is not hurt. But the sense that I put myself in this bullshit situation is starting to grow. And I'm starting to get really annoyed. Then... We got talking a little bit about bipolar and she immediately attacks how I fought bipolar and if I even fucking had it. Now I'm livid and baffled because I'm still feeling like I need her to help grow my site and my company. I'm trying to rescue this. Part of me is trying to rescue this because if you're going to do an interview or whatever, you got to be diplomatic. You're going to be with people that don't agree with you. You've got to learn to play with other kids even if you don't see eye to eye. So I'm doing it partly out of professional you know, perspectives. And I'm also doing it because I want to rescue this because I want her to like me so that she spreads the news of my, my existence far and wide. I'm feeling both those things. Now, I definitely handled that, but she made crystal clear, and again, she was not wrong in doing so. How she went about doing it was fucked, and it pissed me off. But she made it crystal clear she could not have anything to do with anybody talking about against 
using medication for bipolar. That is not the totality of my bipolar experience. It just was something I shared that it's it's taking pills to fight bipolar is not 100% the only way. And for many people, for many reasons, it's part of the problem. I never even got to explain that to her. All she heard was anti-meds and she is 100% pro-meds. So she said if she, she she's associated with my message, it hurts her brand. That's not what she said, but that was basically it. This makes sense, and I support her view. I agree. But the way she handled it was fucked. She was very much defensive and attacking me and, and how we even got to this point. Then when I made clear my back backstory briefly that meds only hurt me and then I didn't get better till I not only got off meds, but I used the steps that I did to beat bipolar and it worked. Her response was, I was either a miracle, just that one odd thing out there. And a side note there, just the first step in my system has tens of thousands of success stories attached to it. And there's like, I can't even remember. It's <laughs> like 10 or 11 steps in that fucking system. That was simply step one. And it is the most powerful step in there. Tens of thousands of success stories and a backstory about this one company in particular and what they're doing with nutrition for mental health sufferers, sufferers that is the stuff of legend, all backed by science. She hit me with that as well. She has a lot of scientists that back whatever her views are. So do my people. The second step in my system is, is created by somebody who's one of the smartest fucking human beings I've ever listened to and had the pleasure of speaking personally to in my life. So massively accomplished is this other person, this doctor, and what she's done in her life and is still doing to help the world with her knowledge about nutrition in her particular niche is phenomenal. I don't know how she has time to breathe, let alone live or have a life in the middle of all the things she accomplishes and does on a daily basis for the good of mankind, okay? I don't get to tell any of that to this lady. And again, I don't give a shit. That's not the purpose of this show. But she's attacking my system without letting me defend it. She's not going to hear it. That's clear in her tone of voice. She's not going to fucking have it. And then her final statement was, or I never had bipolar in the first place. I was misdiagnosed. At this point, I think a capillary burst in one of my eyeballs because I had every form of bipolar that they had a label for across an eight-year span. And what bipolar did to me was, I've, I've always said, it was the fucking stuff of nightmares. It was a bad acid trip happening while you're drowning in the Atlantic Ocean with fucking jumper cables attached to your nuts and a hot rod going up your ass. Bipolar was the stuff of nightmares, and I was classically, critically, exactly, totally the definition of it in about five different formats Throughout eight years, she is negating all of that because she's right and I'm wrong. Now let's do an interview. <laughs> How fucked is that scenario? I'm red. I'm fucking boiling red. I'm fucking mad. I've never been attacked in this fashion while under circumstances such as these. And I'm still, I was totally focused on the mission of having a great interview. So we do. And to my credit, we had a good talk. 
If I was going to continue with interviews, and that's where the sledgehammer comes. She was the sledgehammer. This is where I should say the silver coating comes. If I was going to continue doing interviews, I would leave this one up to show my skill in handling guests that are not on my side. I guess you'd say. We ended up saying different things. I made a lot of compromises conversationally, let a lot of shit just drop by the wayside, didn't address, let her say her piece. When someone's a guest on your show, you want them to get their material out and, and share what it is they're all about and be gracious in that way. But I realized if I got into it with her at all on the shit I believed in, it was going to just be an argument among you know, children, or it just would have stopped. The interview just would have stopped. And um, I should add, let me add this. This is potentially the cherry on the whole shit pie. I've been on interviews and I've interviewed people. I always write the person's first name down on a piece of paper and look at it because I have a horrible time remembering people's names ever in real life, ever. I, As I did her bio or started talking about her, I forgot her last name. I knew it. I just blanked on it under the stress of trying to just do everything else with the interview right. And with the fact that she had just blown my little boat out of her out of the water with her with her aggressive attack earlier. I forgot her last name. And I said so on the podcast. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll edit this out. What was your name again? And as she's telling me, I already remembered it. And I just I felt so fucking stupid. That's all me. It has nothing to do with her. Right. A lot of this was all me. So here, here's coming to, if not the final point, one of the biggest ones. I fucking hate doing interviews. I'm not built for it. I'm built for conversations, but not in interview style. And the only reason I wanted to interview anyone was because I thought I had to, to market myself well, to make connections, to network, to find fellow supporters, to use other people's people. All of this is true and valid and good, and I'm going to continue doing so, just not through interviews. They're a type of stress for me that uh, is, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. And it's, it's, I don't want to live my life that way. And I don't need it. With everything else I have in motion online, I don't have to do interviews. And the funny thing is, the only reason I, I re-geared up my interview giving side of things was because this woman's people reached out to me and it felt important. So I went with my gut, which you do, you got to, and good or bad, you'll learn something. And I learned a lot. And one of the biggest things I learned is I do not want to be the interviewer ever again. It's, it's, it's completely unnatural for me. The tech fucks with me on a good day. And as, as we see with, uh, with that particular tech, it's, it's failed me twice and it failed me in more than one way. Now, I think that's all I needed to say or wanted to say about that podcast. Again, I'll never say who that person was. I respect her beliefs. I do. Because she came out of bipolar as well. No, actually, she's still in it. I, I came out of it. She's still in it. But she found a way of dealing with it that really suited her well. And she's on her soapbox with that the way I was when I first beat bipolar about how I did it. I'm no longer on my soapbox. I, I put it there. It's passive. If you want it, I'm glad to talk to you about it and you can use it, but I'm not going to live with you through the process of using it. And in a way, this lady was not right, not wrong. 
a lot of people, most people that will try to duplicate what I did with my system are not going to be able to pull it off. And it's for multiple reasons. It's not because the system's bad. There are a lot of nuances and variables involved in anyone's life that can make using that system, which on BipolarExcellence.com is called It Takes Guts to Live Well. They will not They will not succeed at it. It's not because I'm lying. It isn't because what I'm saying isn't true. It isn't because the people and companies I share in that system aren't real. They all are. Everything's true. I did it. Thousands and thousands of other people have, have succeeded as well using just pieces of that system. And in some cases, not even using any of the main parts that I use to do it. They use shit entirely, entirely uh, different than, than what I used. So I respect her opinion. I respect her beliefs. I respect her passion. I wish her well, but I massively disagree with how she thinks about bipolar. She also, oh, that was one of the sweet parts too. She believed the information I was sharing would harm people and she wanted no part in it. She almost fucking crammed that right down my throat. I feel the same way about her. But what am I going to do? Get into a pissing match with my interviewer? <laughs> no. Again, that's how this is. That's how anything online or in life's going to be. Not everyone's going to see things the same. And if you're, whatever you're building, you're going to have to market yourself. This is how you win. You cannot win with everybody. You need to find your people. There are plenty of people that see things the way I do and how I fought bipolar and they want in. They wish I could do, they wish they could do what I did. They, they, they support it fully. There's other people that think I'm out of my fucking mind and think things like what this lady thought. That's life. That's everybody with everything that an opinion is possible for. So I do not hate this lady. We had an, we actually had a nice interview. I Professionally, I spun it around nicely. I was happy with how I did it. But in the end, I was drained. And I, I it took probably over an hour before the excitement of spinning this into a positive wore off. And I started focusing on the many, many negatives that came out of this. A large chunk of it was her approach and her attitude and her perspectives. But the larger chunk was everything that I did wrong in the doing of this interview. And in that respect, this lady handed me a gift in the form of a sledgehammer with a silver coating. <laughs> the way you find a silver lining in a cloud. I owe her one. I was mad for days after this. And I realized, what is that, you know... Once I was able to step back from the anger, why am I this fucking angry? I knew it wasn't her. I've been, I've been doing this for too long. I knew she wasn't the sole reason. I knew it. And I already knew I was questioning my desire to do interviews. And she finished me off. She did me a gift. I don't, I never like doing interviews, giving them. And uh, I'm not doing them anymore. I'm sick of fighting with the technology. As you heard tonight in this episode, I fight with the technology I have now just, just, just doing this by myself on the show. Now, in relation to that, I have mentioned twice now about videos on, on YouTube. <laughs> there is an app on my phone that gives, uh, I, can, I, can, I can warm up the picture and uh, the app focuses on my face and the background does this bokeh effect that blurs things nicely. It, it, it gives a real nice look to, uh, to the video. I like it. I've been using the thing for years. It froze on me in the middle of last week's show. So... Uh, first, it was not, suddenly it wasn't recording audio right. The audio playback was just garbled and broken and just all messed up, all messed up. Then 
the video itself just froze. Just froze. Now, I kept talking because I was in the middle of recording the podcast episode. And in the end, when I went to hit playback, there was no video. It didn't record anything. It had been recording, but nothing nothing was there at all. So <laughs> the week before that, I think, I forgot to hit record. I had been testing so much, I forgot which version of the button I was on. Wasn't even noticing that the little timer above my head wasn't even moving. I was just, I was just flummoxed, overwhelmed, and I just, just went for it. So I had been in a bit of a technology battle. Uh, I just bought some nice, some real nice, backlights to uh, light up the the room behind me where you see the hands touching and um, they turned out to be all wrong for about four or five different reasons and I told my wife because fucking of course because I am no world's worst shopper I wanted two lights they came connected together with a Y cable they were too short they were too small you couldn't even see them in the video (laughs) they had a different purpose entirely than what I was using them for all my fault. You go to my website, bipolarexcellence.com, you'll see at the top of the thing, I made clear we are all at war with ourselves. And that was the biggest reason why I was able to solve my battle with bipolar. I did things, specific things to fight bipolar. But at its root, I realized I was simply at war with myself and bipolar was the result. That's why, in part, I was able to fix it. Once I was not at war with myself, at least to the degree I had been then, Everything else I was doing could work. And it's a combination of both. One One's leading, the other one's leading. You know, who knows? So, hopefully, <laughs> this is the third episode that I have mentioned a potential YouTube video of me actually sitting here talking where you can see me. Let's hope this came out. Right now, I'm using my, <laughs> my iPhone camera. That other app, I can still drop this file in it and, and uh, warm up warm up the, the colors with a filter. And uh, what else? I think that was it. I, I think all I do is warm up the colors with a filter. Then I drop the thing over into Vimeo. Vimeo makes it a video. Um, and then I drop the thing into to YouTube once Vimeo is done with it. That way, if YouTube ever cancels me, I still have my original video file under my control. This is a thing, too, you got to worry about. Not immediately, but it can happen. These large platforms can just shut you down. They don't need to explain themselves. You're fighting, literally fighting billions and billions and hundreds of billions of dollars worth of uh, staff and support and brains. You're, you're, you've are you're already lost. If you have all your shit hosted on, on a third party's resource platform and they, and they decide you're done and they turn you off, you're totally done if you haven't saved the masters somewhere else. So that's where I'm at with all this. Everything still works. Uh, As you heard in the very beginning of the episode, my phone was dying. I didn't even check it. I've been meaning to do this podcast episode all day. Any of you that are faithful followers know I have a hard time doing these podcasts. I really don't feel like doing them ever. I just don't feel like doing them. And that means they happen very late at night on a Sunday, usually. (laughs) When I should be getting ready to go to, uh, go to bed for my day job that I can't fucking stand. So anyway... This particular episode, I'm sure, sounded like a a lot of bitching and griping because it was, because you need to hear this, because you're going to face it, and because it can all be fixed, and ultimately, this isn't going to mean dick to my eventual success as far as it can't hurt, it can't harm it. If you listen to all of this and you're somehow hurt or uh, upset by my language or anything, then you're gone and I don't care because I already don't want to talk to you if that's all it takes. 
whoever's left, good chance you're my people. Again, I'm telling you what you're going to be looking to do with the thing I end up helping you build if you're not already doing such a thing already. So lastly, I thank all of you out there who have been listening. The listenership has been holding about steady with uh, massive spikes, which I don't know what they mean. I don't think they're people. I think a company or a software at the end of the month and the beginning of the next month, I, I experienced these huge download numbers. Huge for me. But um, I know that the people that in real life that listen to this and give me feedback, everything's fine. Everything will be fine for you too. There's always going to be problems and you just keep going and you'll be able to fix them. One thing I told a coaching client just recently who uh, did like one link, one, one or two posts on LinkedIn and couldn't understand why the world wasn't already like breaking heads to get through the door to fall in his lap and make him wealthy. Dude, this takes time and you're up against an unbelievable amount of competition and noise. Nobody even knows you're here right now. In general, nobody knows I'm here. There's room to make mistakes when you're small. And in this day and age, people need to bear witness to these mistakes so you, they're not caught off guard. You want people to know what, what can happen to them because that's only fair. And two, everything online, as we've all seen so many times, seems so fucking perfect. And it's not. It's what you just heard in tonight's episode. Ad infinitum. <laughs> Even if you get good in one area, this kind of shit just crops up in another. It will for me, too. And I think you could tell tonight, I was seriously mad about that interview and, and, and all by itself. And then the technology, seriously mad because I am. It's fucking fatiguing and tiring and frustrating. And once you reach a certain level of income, you can pay to have a lot of these problems solved. And I'm not there yet. And that frustrates me. But I will be. And it will be with help from you guys because... I am always going to be here helping you guys. It's how the world's headed. It's always been that way. But it's been kind of forgotten about, and I believe it's making a return. We all need to help each other more. I'm not looking for my angel wings or my Boy Scout badge. I think it just is. I think uh, we're fucked if we don't all do a better job of helping each other somehow with whatever it is that makes us great and, 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 and do a better job of finding the people that need that. And in the end, on a purely selfish note, you and I end up having a life that we love leading. We build a world in which we would want to take part in. Perfect. Still don't have a catchphrase. Go to BipolarExcellence.com, sign up for the newsletter, find out how some of the problems that have you at war with yourself can be solved Literally within, oh, I'm going to say, depending on how fast you can think and, and, and do a couple tasks, in no more than 15 minutes, <laughs> you can start solving some of the biggest problems in your life with rock-solid certitude. I give that away in a little thingamajigger when you sign up to my newsletter. All right, guys. Be well. Be well.